Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Is This Normal? Today we are talking all things screens. Like we spend a lot of time looking at a screen to do with work, after work on our phones. I know my screen time uh, notification every Monday scares me. I don't know about you, Sheena. Oh, yes. No, I am terrified. Um, I actually turned that <laughs> notification off um, because it scared me so much, especially during you know lockdown over the last year. I think mm-hmm. we have been absolutely bombarded with screens and, and even more so because... Um, you know what else is there to do when you're at home you're you're on the screen for work and then after work mm-hmm. you just can't seem to you know detach and set your phone down which I know is very very hard in our line of work but I mean we maybe I don't know are we putting too much of a of an emphasis on the negative aspect of screens I know we do worry about yeah. our children and iPads and too much screen time and TV so I mean it'll be interesting today to chat to um Bernard from NI Screen, obviously, because they have an education program with with the screen industry, and we know Northern Ireland is is booming um, with that sort of thing mm-hmm. at the minute. So it'll be very interesting to hear, you know, what are the what are the positives because we do probably worry as mm-hmm. parents. Uh, we do, we do. We spend so much time worrying about screen time, um, but maybe there's some positives to find out now. Today we're joined by Bernard McCloskey, Head of Education for NI Screen, who's here today to talk to us about the incredible opportunities in the screen industry here in Northern Ireland. Welcome, Bernard. And um, can you tell us a wee bit about the education department for NI Screen and the work that you do? Well, in Northern Ireland Screen, we describe ourselves as an integrated agency. Basically, that means that we try to integrate our industry activities with our education and film culture activities. Uh, and on the education side, uh, we work closely with schools and and partners who help deliver uh, training for teachers and young people. Uh, So we we would work with the Creative Learning Centres, the Nerve Centre in Derry, Londonderry, and Nerve Belfast, and the AMA Centre, which is an education authority facility in the centre of Armagh. On that matter then, um, Bernard, obviously we are surrounded constantly by screens ourselves and you know um we it's something in terms of screen time that we do worry about um with our young children um I know Sarah and I are obviously both um mums of of young young toddlers and you do worry about maybe the watch too much tv or they're influenced by too much screen time um but I think when children get older especially when they start school that's that aspect of their lives can't really be avoided. And that's something, you know, that has to go with technology development. Um, but we know at NI Screen, you guys focus on, you know, digital skills and literacy, which is obviously really, really important as as career progression. Um, so can you talk us through kind of why these skills are actually important and why, you know, as parents, we probably shouldn't be as afraid of screens as, as we are? 
Yeah, I, I suppose um, things have moved very rapidly on, on the technology side over the last t- 10 years and more. Um, when I started uh, in, in this particular business, I was I was working with very limited resources with teachers and schools. Uh, that has changed dramatically over the last number of years. And, and I know parents and teachers do worry about the amount of time that young people spend on, on screens and, and with various devices. Uh, the, the the mobile smartphone is the is the is the one that's really changed the everything in terms of accessibility um, and and like anything I suppose uh, you, you need to start uh, working with these uh, devices uh, early on with your children and introduce them in a, in a in a kind of organized way I know it it sounds uh, I'm making it sound easy but it, it can be difficult asking them to to limit their time on it and, and only at specific times to use it but once they reach the kind of teenage years it's virtually impossible to to police so what we try and encourage is to give young people and, and, and those working with them parents and teachers the the, uh, the kind of a set of rules and principles to, to work to as well so that so that they're not going to be harmed by, by the activity um, there's still I mean even in my day we, we you know my mother used to say to me you're going to end up with square eyes watching that television you know because I would sit watching t- telly <laughs> Quite, quite, quite a lot. Uh, as as a teenager, it's what you do, uh, and it's how you you gain your information about the world. So you can learn an awful lot through these devices. They are channels to the rest of the world, but obviously, um, good and bad can come come via those channels. So you, you do need to be careful. So what what you really need to do is to to provide children with the skills to be able to interpret and know when things could be dangerous or they could be getting into to to dangerous areas. Uh, and to try and avoid that uh, and teach them how to do that and, and and have an understanding about the harms that can happen to them as well is the important thing. So it's all, it's about education. And I know, like you said, you do worry about how much time they spend in front of a TV. Like my wee boy um, loves Fireman Sam and anytime he wants to watch it he just goes Nini Nini um but it's trying to I suppose set those boundaries like you say like we decide when he's allowed to to watch uh some some cartoons or something like that um but screen time it is an important factor then in our children's lives you know as they are getting older but Northern Ireland we don't actually have a digital education strategy um would you mind explaining I suppose a wee bit about what a digital education strategy would be and you know whether our children are at risk of being left behind because we don't have one here in Northern Ireland? Well, it's not strictly true to say that we don't have a digital education strategy. We don't have an overarching digital strategy in Northern Ireland across industry uh, and schools, uh, which is a, which is a bit of a gap. Other nations do have that, uh, which is helpful because they, they can agree what, what kind of skills are required uh, and, and let's be honest, we will all need these digital skills into the future. There won't be a single job uh, in the country that, that won't require them. You know, whether, whether you're, you're, uh, doing manual labor right through to, to, to high powered executive jobs, you will need those digital skills. So we would, uh, encourage primary school children to start the process and they learn about uh, simple coding, you know, how to program a robot around a maze uh, on the floor um, and, and how to write the code for that and the set of instructions that are needed to do that uh, and then develop their, their, their skills from there. So by the time they're 
they're getting to second level school and beyond, that they have a, a good understanding of how it works and, and the importance too of, of when they're watching something, you know, to ask questions about, well, who made this? Why did they make it? Um, are they making money from it? If they are making money from it, are they making money from me? And how do they do that? So, so those kind of understandings that the wider picture is important to get as well. And, and that's what we spent a lot of time uh, with teachers, showing them both, not just which button to press, but, but the, 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 those bigger picture issues. You know, who's, who's making this? Who made this film? Uh, and why am I watching it in this particular channel in this particular way? And is somebody making money out of out of me? And if if you can't if you haven't handed over cash, then you must be the 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 product, you know. So so that's the other thing to to think about as well that I am an important part as as an audience member in, in this equation. And and you know you, you need to make children and uh, young people aware of that as well that there's no such thing as a free lunch i'm afraid i think that that's a really important point um bernard because i know probably are and young people i think and, and children in particular are kind of inquisitive by nature so i mean if we as parents and teachers i suppose can nurture that kind of questioning and, and understanding then obviously that that will lead to maybe more young people becoming interested in, in that line of work. And we know, obviously, coding is is huge. Coding is becoming a huge part um, of it. But aside from that as well, um, Northern Ireland in itself is, is, a, is a huge hub for, um, for, for the film industry now and the TV industry. Like we know there's so many, so many shows ongoing here and it's you know, we've become kind of that area where lots of lots of big name shows are filmed, which is great to see. Um, and we know that education with young people is a huge role in that because, you know, we want those children to be involved in an early age um, and create, obviously, plenty of opportunities for them in the future should they wish to get into that work. So um, we know NI Screen are obviously aiming to be strongest in that aspect outside of obviously London. Um, so can you talk us through a wee bit about the programs that NI Screen do offer currently for young people and how they can how they can get involved and even your plans to expand on that as, as we move forward? Yeah. Um, uh, initially, I think we started Northern Ireland Screen with with looking at, at ways of learning and, and how to use new media in particular, but, but film and, and, and moving images uh, as, a, as a way of, of learning. As human beings, and, and particularly for children, we are attracted to, to screens that have movement on them. You know, we're, we're attracted to storytelling and, and characters. Uh, and that's what film does really well. It, it portrays a story on a big or small screen uh, in, in a very attractive way that engages you. And, and you can sit down for an hour or more and, and, and be quite content and wait to the end of the story. Um, so, so part of uh, what we're doing is is uh, is trying to embed those skills and understanding uh, with with young people and and teachers, but in terms of uh, moving into um, a, a, an industry and, and a jobs and, a, and a careers in this area, um, the the opportunities are multiplying rapidly. Uh, we've seen very fast growth in areas like animation production here in Northern Ireland and also games development. Uh, we set up uh, Pixel Mill in Belfast as part of, of that initiative on the gaming side so that young startup companies could could develop and work work together and learn from each other as they, as they go through the process. So having good computer skills and good coding skills 
uh, will be important to that as well because if you can write code, you can design a, a website or a new piece of technology that can be distributed very quickly across the internet uh, and, and is uh, sellable, which is the, the important bit as well, but also can do, can do some good. Um, obviously, there, there are bad things as well, you know, the, the, the hackers and the and and those that are sending viruses around the internet as well uh, 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 also are good coders so those skills can be used for good or bad so you need to be again you need to know the the um have a good understanding of, of the issues around it as well. So there's there's lots and lots um for kids to be picking up on these days like I find it um mind blowing really I suppose that they're learning coding in schools and just what you were speaking about earlier you know just how they are learning if you have not paid for something then you you know what that means about your role um and it's it's quite fascinating i'm sure just the line of work that you're in watching how children are becoming more more skilled I suppose than older people really you know with when it comes to coding I mean I wouldn't know anything about that line of work compared to you know maybe some primary school mm-hmm. children yeah uh, I mean it, it, it's it, it is expanding and and children pick it up very quickly because children are, are kind of uh, fine-tuned to understand new languages you know they, they they learn from 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 the day they're born they're they're learning in uh, a whole series of different languages but the, the big one obviously is speech and then they get down and they, and they start, you know, at age four and five, they start to to write and use tools to, to make their own communications. And and listen, visual literacy, understanding um, a, a film and how, and how it works. You know, if you think back in the early days of film, which were, they were usually just one shot, little actualités, as they called them in France. Um, you know, a recording of people leaving the factory at work or a train pulling into a station, people getting on and off. And, and people would go and watch that later in a in a cafe or 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 a, a, a rudimentary cinema as they were were in those days. And then uh, filmmakers began to think, well, if I take that shot of the people leaving the factory, and then I we see them later in the in the cafe or or going home to dinner, and I, I join those two pieces of film together, it will tell a bigger story, and and um, I can feature maybe a, a close up of one of the characters in it, and suddenly there's a whole new language being developed around film and what it means and what it dissolve when you mix one shot with another it means time is passing and is it time in the future or is it time back uh, before uh, so all that language was starting to develop in the early t- turn of the last century and into the 1920s when everything was still silent there was no soundtrack uh, to these stories so they had to put captions up to tell the stories onto the screen uh, and that language developed, and it's actually very, very sophisticated. And believe it or not, three and four-year-olds understand. Well, you know, when you sit with a three-year-old, that they understand exactly what the story is, who the main character is, what their names are, uh, what's going to happen next, um, who's the goody, who's the baddie. All of those things are, are told, and that's a, it's a separate language. And we've been able to adapt and develop that over the years. So. Um, what we're trying to do now is to to take those skills that we have, uh, you know, that that we learned when we were three and four years old, and make sure that people understand how to construct them and control them. You know, it is that thing about when you watch something, asking the question, "Who made this? Why did they make it? What do they want me to do?" Uh, and if it's just handing over uh, 
five or six pounds for a cinema ticket, then you, you kind of understand what the deal is. But but if you're doing it on the internet and it appears to be free, so those questions you, you ask yourself, somebody's making money out of this, how are they making money? And then you suddenly realize, oh, I'm the market here. So the ads that appear or, or what they ask me to do at the end of the viewing is important as well. So understanding all those elements, I think, uh, is vitally important. But, you know, there's no better way to 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 uh, to understand it than if you are creating and taking control of the process yourself. So that's the, the, the great value of the Internet and, and social media is that it's put power back into the, the user's hand rather than the big companies. So the big companies are there as well in the background, you know. They're, 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 they're putting the pipes together that everybody can talk to each other. So, so you do need to ask those questions and understand where the messages are coming from and why. And I suppose we've seen that with young people setting up their own YouTube channels. You know, they've, they've seen then how they can put their content out there, how they can use it to make yeah. money. Yeah, uh, um, yeah monetizing an idea is, a, is an important part of the process. Uh, and look, it, it, human beings have been doing it for, for, for a long, long time. Um, it's just that the, the new technologies and the new, new media have allowed us to do it very rapidly and to reach very big audiences very quickly, which before was always a, was always a problem because you had very limited choice of, of how you get your message out there. But now with, with uh, electronic communication uh, and the Internet and social media, uh, it's virtually instant. You know, it's so fast, uh, it's rapid and you can develop audiences very quickly. And, and, and you can make money very quickly as well if you've got the right idea. Um, and, and, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you'd said, um, you know, a, a young 15 or 16 year old can be making hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars uh, a month by broadcasting uh, about their, their, their makeup or their fashion sense or whatever it is, um, you, you, you go, no, no, you would never do that, you know. Uh, you, you need to put a lot of money into productions to get big audiences, you, you know. We, we've seen all the, how the broadcasters do at the BBC and, and people like that and the filmmakers, you know, you have to spend millions to make a really good product. Well, well we know now you don't, you know. People will be interested in, in seeing you in your bedroom, um, putting on your makeup or trying on new clothes or whatever it is. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it's totally unpredictable and, and it's very hard to try and estimate where it's going to go next. Uh, that's part of the problem as well when you're when you're planning an, an education system, which in its, in its um, basic structure is still very rudimentary. It's still like it was in the 19th century, you know. We shuffle children into a school for a, for a whole day and shuffle them from room to room. In classrooms and and have a teacher stand up in front of them and uh, teach them uh, and and you know that's not how the world is operating these days. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point because I think we probably the education system hasn't changed a lot as you've mentioned even you know since in in many years and and it's still the same way. So maybe it is about looking forward how we adapt because you did mention there there are. And young people in particular, because we are surrounded by screens and, you know, most young teenagers will have a, a mobile phone. Um, we are drawn in by these this this new world of of influencers and how like people are amazed by how much, you know, as we mentioned, how much money they're making just from uploading a short video onto YouTube or Instagram or, or any of the other platforms. But even it, it actually goes it goes a lot younger than that. I know my like my son is just three. 
And if I put on like kids YouTube for him to watch some of his cartoons, I've noticed as well some of the like there's there's really young children around his age who are and once kind of I realized they were quite popular online, I, I started to look into them and some of them are making millions at a young age in America and Dubai. Um and it's all it all all they're doing is is playing with toys. And I suppose that's product placement and getting paid for it. So I mean that's a whole that's a whole area that we're we've never been we were we certainly didn't grow up with. Yeah, um, uh, the, there've been very dramatic changes in, in in the last number of years, and and uh, it can be quite frightening when you when when you think about it and consider it, you know, uh, and 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 spin into the future and trying to think what it's going to be like in ten years time or twenty years time, you know, it just will, will be unrecognisable um, the rate of development that's going on. So we do we do need to be careful and cautious and and think about these things. Uh, as we're going forward, but particularly the only the only way around it is good education and understanding of what's going on, so that you prepare your your children for 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 this new fast moving um, future that's ahead of them. You know. Yeah. So for parents, you know, who are worried about you know a teenager or you know their child spending too much time on a device, you know, it could turn out to be a positive thing. But like I say, there has to be boundaries, and they have to know parents have to educate themselves too um but like you were saying earlier for example if your child loves gaming then there are so many opportunities for them to explore as a job here in northern ireland now which which wasn't an option you know when i was growing up um so could you talk us through i suppose some of the job opportunities ni screen have you know for the younger generation you know for parents who have teenagers now who are, you know, spending a lot of time in devices, um, there are certain programs, aren't there, with NI Screen where they could hone some of their their passions and follow a career here in Northern Ireland. Yes, yeah, sorry, you'd asked me about that, that earlier, and I, I got diverted and went wandered off in a different track. Um, <laughs> I, I I talked about our creative learning centres where they spend time working with schools and and teachers in in, in providing, you know, the, they'll sit down with the school at the beginning of the year and, and make a plan for what the teachers need by way of training and what they want young people to have experienced during the year using creative digital technologies. And they'll 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 design a program specifically for that. And we do that at both primary and second level, which is really good. But uh, when those young people are reaching the ages of 14 and 15, they're starting to think about seriously about careers because they're having to pick subjects that might relate to that area in their later life. So, um, We've introduced a couple of programs at, at, at that stage uh, to inform them about what choices might be available. Um, and we have one uh, one of the programs that we work with very closely here in Northern Ireland is one called Interfilm. And they run after-school film clubs in schools in Northern Ireland. In fact, it's a UK-wide initiative. Um, it's funded by the BFI uh, in London uh, with lottery funding. Um, so we're delighted to see that, but it encourages young people to watch film in a constructive way. So teachers will get age appropriate titles to view. Uh, initially, it was on DVDs that were posted out to the school and they're now converting over to an online uh, video on demand channel. Um, and that'll be happening o- over the next year. Um, but there's plenty of teacher resources for those films as well. So the teacher can use them either in class as part of the curriculum which um, is is not against the rules, uh, and 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 they can get a better understanding of, of various areas, including foreign language films as well. Um, so it's it's a really exciting 
dimension. But one of the other programs that they've developed is a careers program called ScreenWorks. And ScreenWorks provides people from the industry who will come along to either a face-to-face group or in these COVID times, we've converted it to an online session where the industry professional will talk about their job and what they do in the screen industry. For example, it might be somebody who is a costume designer or it might be a location manager or it might be an art director working on the shoot or somebody from Game of Thrones who's in charge of of making the swords. Um, Those kind of um, jobs that you may never think about. You know, when you ask young people about, well, who's in the film crew, they'll name things like, well, you need a writer, script writer, you'll need a director to tell the actors, you'll need actors uh, and, and a camera operator. And, and beyond that, they really don't know that much about the industry and, and, and what jobs are, are available. Uh, and what we've been saying is that right across, to, make a, to make a series like, for example, Game of Thrones, you know, which made eight series over a period of about 10 years, it takes, it takes a city of people to do that. You know, you literally need thousands of people, everything from, from somebody, you know, we used to go behind the scenes down to the studio space and I used to ask people what they did and how they ended up doing what they were doing. And I was speaking with a young, young woman and she was fairly new in the industry, had only been in a year or so, and she was working in the uh, costume department. And I said, well, what have you been doing? She said, I've been going around Belfast for the last week, buying boots for the soldiers in, in one of the particular scenes. And they needed a particular type of boot with a particular type of buckle on it. Uh, and that's what she did. But she said it was fascinating. And she said, I was out wheeling and dealing with, with, with uh, she said, now all the retailers love me when I walk in because I, they know I'm go- not going to buy one pair of shoes. I'm maybe going to buy 20 pairs of boots. Um, <laughs> So she said it was a fascinating job, and 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 there are there are hundreds and hundreds of jobs l- like that with really interesting uh, things to do in them, uh, and they contribute to a bigger whole, which is the the uh, a really uh, blockbusting series or whatever it is. So those types of jobs are are. Uh, important to to make people aware of it, and you talk to people in the industry, and they say we need more joiners, we we need more set constructors, you know, um, we need more art directors, people who can uh, decorate a set and make it look like a real location, or or blend one location into another, uh, you know, taking bits of it and and, and modernizing. So so all those jobs and craft skills are are really important, but also we need people to run. The businesses so we need people who, who've got good business skills or maybe have got a legal background because they're they're used to drawing up and dealing with contracts which are um, everybody in the, in the screen industry has a contract of some sort you know whether you're an actor or whether you're uh, uh, a, a painter or a stagehand uh, you, you will have a contract with with the, with the producer so all of those things require skills and people to do them uh, and and you know that's it, it was fine. We managed with, with Game of Thrones because we had a really good core crew of people here. But the minute another production comes in and, and wants to shoot, then you're putting pressure because you're running it, literally running out of people. So that's what we've been trying to do over the last while is, is make sure that there are enough people starting their careers and moving through the industry, getting the experience that they need uh, and building building their CVs as they go through. So all of those opportunities uh, have been growing hugely, and 
And the big anchor for a lot of that work has been the, the studio spaces in, in, in Belfast, the Titanic Studios and the Belfast Harbour Studios in particular have driven a lot of that. So scheduling work into those spaces. And we found since the uh, the, the, the streamers have, have started to grow so fast, you know, the Amazons and the Netflixes, um, the demand for studio space has increased exponentially over the last number of years. It's not just here in, in Northern Ireland, it's, it's right across Europe. Uh, and the UK is particularly busy too, but we we can we could be filling those spaces more regularly if we had more space. So Belfast Harbour Studios has a plan to expand at the minute. We're looking at virtual studio spaces as well, and that's a whole new area of technology which needs to be developed. So three three D three D portrayal of spaces and putting actors into those spaces. Um, uh, will be the way. So instead of having to ship the whole crew out to Morocco to shoot a desert scene, they can be done here in Belfast in a, in a studio, in a virtual studio. Uh, so we're, we're also developing those spaces as well over the next couple of years, uh, which is really exciting, but we will require good, high quality technicians and skilled people to, to run those spaces. Right, that's, I think you're, you're, that is hugely exciting, um, Bernard, to hear about all those opportunities. And I know that might go some way to alleviate parents' concerns around you know screens and thinking, well, actually, if my child has a passion for this type of work, by all means, the opportunities are endless in terms of, you know, the the aspect of, of the film industry or the, or the screen industry you can go into. Um, and we know as well, we touched on animation um, earlier on. And again, there's some great TV shows um, for children that have come out of um, Northern Ireland. For example, we know obviously Pablo, which was which was pretty groundbreaking in, in the work that it did in terms of um, inclusivity and, and raising awareness of, of um, children with autism, um, as well as Puff and Rock, which, which is another one which we know is, is available too. So, I mean, parents will still have concerns, especially as, as Sarah and I mentioned, parents of younger kids who, you know, maybe do become fascinated with an animation or a show and just ask to watch it constantly because we all have that enduring battle at home. I mean, what's your advice for parents in terms of the types of programs they should be, you know, exposing their children to at a young age? I mean, is there any particular ones that you would say, well, like Pablo probably, for example, is a good a good one to introduce in terms of when they go to school to learn about, you know, not everybody's going to be the same as them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, in an ideal world, and if we were, we're all ideal parents, um, we would be doing our research and making our plans and deciding how much screen time our child should have and what they should be watching at a particular time of day and when they stop watching and all the rest of it. Uh, but as you know, the challenges when you're, when you're having to deal with a three and four year old who know exactly what they want to do and there's, you know, the, the they have ways of uh, persuading you whether you like it or not uh, to do these things. So uh, this is this is a kind of in theory in an ideal world converse, uh, kind of co- conversation. Um, what you would do is you would you would research anything that your child is going to view in advance if you can, but that's not that's not always possible either, you know. Um, so uh, my advice would be in the first instance is to sit and watch it with them. Uh, you know, and and see what see what the turn on is, and for you to check it out as a parent and see if it is appropriate for their age, and whether they'll understand what's going on, or whether there's there's stuff that that worries you, and you think no, maybe maybe they shouldn't be watching this until they're a little bit older. Um, so, you know, check it out first. Um, if if you can't watch it, r- read up about it on the internet or whatever. There's there's always um, very good 
good uh, information on the internet. The Internet Movie Database um, uh, is there, and it covers most film product and most television product as well. So you'll get a list of, uh, you'll get a description of what, what takes place in the production and who made it and who wrote it and directed it and whatever else is. There's a wealth of data on it, but it will give you a basic outline and it will also give you a, uh, an idea about where age appropriateness in terms of uh, uh, who should be watching it, you know, and whether it, it, it has got a parental guidance note on it or whatever, you know. So so those kind of things, you know, do a bit of research in advance would be would be my thing. And, and try and make the most out of it. You know, um, I, I spoke earlier about Interfilm. They do fantastic resources, some of which are free to download from their website as well, about film and things that young people can do, especially during these lockdown times, you know, when there was a lot of screen viewing taking place. And parents being really challenged as to what was appropriate and what they could do. So the the great stuff, uh, the great thing about the interfilm material is that it it comes with resources, learning resources, so that if it's a particular setting, say it was set in uh, in a in a in a country in Africa, then there would be a whole load of information about that country and and uh, visually interesting things to explore uh, about the setting of the film as well. Uh, it's those kind of things where you can get real educational value out of a screening. So it's not just the story and the characters, it's about the setting or the period of history that it's focused on, uh, which, are, which are, you know, the, the learning opportunity moments that we, we've, we've tried to look for in, in, in uh, in film titles. That's really interesting. You know, I, I suppose hadn't I hadn't heard of, of some of those resources that you've mentioned. So it's definitely um something I'm gonna go back now and, and have a have a look at as well to see um make sure uh, he's watching age appropriate content at the moment. But there's there's so many points, you know, that you've covered there that have definitely given me a, a lot to think about when it comes to, to screens and about, you know, educating our children as well around around the digital age that we're in now. No, I think I think um, you're quite right to focus on them when they're when they are younger and and um, you you can influence them more um, as they get older. It, it's harder. Look, they they have self choice and, and selection and things, and and you need to make sure that whatever guidance you're giving goes in early, so they got it in their heads, you know, uh, and um, they're, because there will be a stage where you won't have any control over that, about which buttons they're pressing, where they're watching, how they're watching um, and, and where they're going, especially in the, in the online world. Um, so, so you really have to make sure that that, that happens early and that, uh, and that they're, they're aware of it. And also, you know, you have to make sure that if, they're, if they do see challenging material or inappropriate material that that they know to to come to to you and, and ask for advice and let you know and that they won't get into trouble for doing it you know uh, that's important as well yeah i think you're right bernard it's probably um it's probably a good a good thing to start quite early and, and install in that level of understanding and, and and conversation with your child so that as you mentioned if they do come across a content that you know when they are a bit older and they maybe have more freedom on a device that they will raise it with you and say like this came up on my rather than try to conceal it and and then obviously that can open up its own wealth of problems so I suppose keeping the lines of communication open and educating our children as best we can is is the best we can do yeah it's all you can do they they, they will be bombarded with stuff from from all sorts of different directions so all you can do is is provide them with the tools to deal with it you know because you're not going to be there to at every stage to, to help them in that, you know, they've, they've got to have their 
develop their own skills for coping with that. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Bernard, for joining us today. It's been it's been really, really interesting and hopefully um, lots of interesting points for other parents to take on too. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. So after that, it's not all bad. Screens aren't all bad. I mean, I think, no. you know, listen to someone like Bernard, obviously, who has a wealth of experience in that area. Mm-hmm. But to hear about the endless possibilities for you know young people coming through who have that desire to really want to hone in on their skills um with screens and and coding even and all that that side Mm -hmm. of things that we we probably um were worried about in terms of too much screen time I think it's probably like anything else you know any form of new technology we kind of just get a bit like too much of that's bad for you um Mm -hmm. we, we can't let our kids have too much but I mean just listening to that, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely kind of more excited that if it, when that co- when you know it comes that stage and Dar's a bit older and he maybe you know if he does like you know gaming mm-hmm. or coding or whatever like that that you know it's not something for me to panic about. Yeah, that's it. There's so many opportunities and flip. It's it's incredible the speed at which the industry is moving. Like by the time Theo's a bit older, like what's going to be the next thing that like young people are able to make money from when it comes to screens? Like it's um it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's something that we can we can really obviously take <laughs> take up take away as a positive because, you know, yeah. yes, okay, we we have to be careful in terms of what we're exposing mm-hmm. our children to, in terms of what they watch and things Absolutely. like that. And and we will do that. But I mean definitely the possibilities if if our children do want to to work in that field are are endless so it's exciting 